Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on episode nine, season two of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Uh, Anzac Ground gave us um, some pretty good matchups, Richie, including two upsets and a disappointing loss for the Warriors. What did you think of the round? Evening, Brad. A uh, couple of highlights for me were the Souths game, the Souths versus Titans game. Um, that was a really good game. And, and for me, watching Benji Marshall in that second half was made me feel a little bit like Marty McFly. It was like I'd gone back and gone back in time a bit, you know. Um, mm. And from a from a Warriors point of view, result wasn't good, but watching young Reese Walsh get his debut was awesome. And I think everyone can see the potential he brings to the table, and and he had some really nice plays. Definitely. And while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m., you can also catch our show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of the Round 7 matches and our picks. We'll then stop and answer some questions that you guys send through um, before we preview Round 8 and give our picks for that. And then we'll end the night with some Super League news. Um, so tune in to get your rugby league news and remember to send comments and questions throughout the show for us to answer. But let's just get right into the top stories of the week. Hi. G'day, Nigel. Good to see you here. And Simon. Hey, Simon. Nigel. G'day, fellas. Hi. Okay. First news I've got, Richie, is um, the Cowboys signing young Broncos half Tom Dearden. Um, I think he's a handy pickup for the Cowboys and should pair nicely with Chad Townsend. Yeah, um, it's a... Um decent signing it makes me wonder what they're going to do with with the guys they've got now like drink water um because chad and and tommy did and seem pretty similar players to me both sort of organizing halves yeah but um yeah it's 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 a decent signing he's by all accounts got a pretty decent future and some good reps on him so good for cowboys 
Yeah, um, I think it's probably the nail in the coffin for guys like Drinkwater and that. I think they might be on the outer. Um, Drinkwater will definitely end up somewhere if the Cowboys are letting him go. I think he's a very talented player. I was reading some of the news about Dearden, and it was interesting to hear that um, there was all the talk. We had the rumours that the Cowboys were looking at Dearden, and there was a bit of a battle between them and the Broncos on who was going to keep him. But his um, agent came out today and said that the Broncos didn't even table an offer. So they just let him go. Um, so very interesting times at the Broncos. They seem to be letting a lot of the young guys go. Obviously, we're going to be talking about Walsh a bit later on. Um, but to have talent like that there that they're not even willing to use or try to keep um, is very concerning, I think, if I was a Broncos fan. So... Um, not too sure who um, they're going to be looking at to um, bring into the team. The next bit of news kind of covers rumours, but um, the rumours are that the Broncos are trying to get Sean Johnson. Um, they they haven't tabled an offer yet, but they're very keen on him. He's been offered a 400k deal with the Sharks um, with kind of a promise of if you, you play well with this 400k deal, you'll, you'll get a better one. Um it's yeah. I'm not sure. I, I think Sean will probably take the money if if I'm being if I'm being honest. Yeah. Interesting one because before injury last year he kind of was sort of playing up to his potential and had the most try assists in the comp. Um, he's not the only rumor I've heard for that for that position too. I've heard the Broncos are uh, maybe going to unload some some of their salary cap and offer a Mitch Mitch Moses a big deal. And I've also heard. Kalen Pong is named thrown around, so the merry go around. Yeah, well they're in. Um, I yeah, I think the Broncos are in that great spot that the Warriors are normally in, where um, they are either going to be targeting everyone that comes off the market, or they're going to be used as a bargaining chip to get more money from the club they're currently with. I yeah. don't see the Knights letting a guy like Ponga go, especially Man, how neither. we've seen them go since he's returned. Um, Mitchell Moses. I could see the Eels letting him go, but I think they'd be just as happy to keep him, but I don't think they want to pay overs. So um, if it gets to a point where they're having to pay a lot of money for him, I think they'll let him go. Um, but, yeah, it, it's going to make for an interesting few weeks of shows, I think, as all this um, starts to, to come to fruition, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I said, the merry-go-rounds well and truly on its way. So it will be really interesting to see where a lot of these these halves end up. Exactly. Um, next bit of news, we had um, Graham Ellerslie um, warning players, fans, coaches, media, everyone on the planet really that um, high contacts can't continue in the game and that bands will be lengthy. Um, Middle there were a few um, dangerous shots during the week. And I, I, while I do see his point, I think there needs to be some rhyme and reason. I think, um, obviously, the, the Josh Curran situation in the Warriors game where he got simbined for a head knock. Um, thankfully, um, the judiciary just dismissed it last night. So he's free to play. Um but I don't want to see you want to have players stay safe. But I saw a good um, article where they pointed out that they're trying to restrict this type of stuff, but also speed up the game. And you kind of can't have both ways at the moment because we've seen with the fatigue, um, there's been a lot of 
injuries, um, a lot of mistimed tackles and things like that. And that will continue to happen the more they speed up the game. But I think they definitely need to stamp down on foul play. Um, but you've got to have some leniency for accidental stuff. Like if it's an accidental stuff from a guy like Jack Hetherington, if you see him do something, you generally know he's got a track record. But say if it was Roger, um, who I don't think's done anything wrong in years, um, if he accidentally does something and then you see he's on the suspensions for six weeks, mm. um, I think that's when things will get, get bad. At the moment, you imagine the Warriors with all their players out injured and you lose a guy for a suspect call. Um, it could do a lot of damage to your season. But yeah, you gotta you gotta toe that line, but um player safety needs to be a top priority. For sure. Um player safety's gotta be paramount. Um but I think another key thing is consistency because at the moment I think this is just my opinion, but I think you can get off high tackle charges if you're wearing a rooster's jersey if you get my drift. <laughs> Um, we've seen Radley and Angus Crichton. Angus Crichton did something similar to Talakai from the Sharks. Uh, not <laughs> he wasn't even sighted. Not far off. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. And and the accidental shots. Well, that's another another story entirely. That um, Karen thing was a joke, <laughs> but it's yeah. good to see that he's downgraded. But oh, yeah, I think there. It's good to be saying things like that that we want to look after the players' health, but you got to be mindful it's a contact sport as well and accidents might happen we don't want to be punishing accidents and um and yeah. consistency yeah exactly um but yeah great to see that josh curran um didn't get get punished for um accidentally clashing here he at least said he'd gear on to kind of help people out too so <laughs> yeah. um yeah hopefully hopefully we don't see too many things like that anymore uh but staying with the warriors uh warriors utility paul turner has been ruled out for the season um just adding i, I feel like the casualty wards bigger than the player roster right now for the warriors um they're getting some players back soon but it, it's not good to see a, a young talent like paul turner out for the season especially when it was most likely um going to be a season where he was going to get some game time too yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, with the injuries we've got, he would have he would definitely have seen some game time. Um, it's a shame because he's a player with big promise, and and to be gone uh, for a whole season after just the the one appearance, that's that's a that's a shame for Paul. The silver lining being Reese Walsh coming in, and and he looks a star in the making. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that that's the one shining light there in that situation. And yeah, like I said. Um, a lot of the guys are back. I think Ewan Aikens are back as early as next week. Yeah. Um, Peter Hiku's not that far away. Chanel's a couple of weeks away. So um, in the next, you know, three to four weeks, they should have basically everyone back bar for Noah Blake and Turner. Um, so, yeah, that that will be very good and, and make it a bit more exciting for me watching Warriors games um, when you're not actually that worried about the result. <laughs> Um, next bit of the news, though, uh, Brett Naden from the Panthers has signed a two-year deal with the Bulldogs. So Trent's Barrett raid on his former club continues. Um, feel like it, it's it's a bit like the Anthony Griffin situation where you got um, the Dragons becoming the Broncos. You're going to see the Bulldogs become the Panthers. Not a bad team to try to emulate. Um, what are your thoughts on Naden making the move? Uh, it's a good signing for the Bulldogs. Um, he's a 
you know, he's a big, quick player. I think he'll add a, a, add a lot to their roster. Um, and that I think the recruitment drive from the Bulldogs has been pretty good um, towards the end of last year and this year. So hopefully we see that sort of translate translate into them turning their fortunes around a bit. So guys like Ado Carr and Naden coming on, Matt Burton next year will will definitely add a lot to their roster. Yeah, and also on Burton, there was a bit of noise from the the Panthers CEO that he was going to do everything he could to convince Burton to backflip on his deal. Yeah. But Burton's actually come out and said, no, he signed his deal and he's going to honour it, which is great to see. Um, yeah. It's hopefully, um, I'm hoping that the CEO was just having a bit of a, a tongue-in-cheek moment um, because if CEOs are trying to force people out of contracts, um, it, it just opens up a whole another bag of worms um and what is already quite a messy situation with salary cap dramas and whatnot so um yeah i think uh, we've spoken about it a lot that the bulldogs um probably aren't going to be anything um great this season but i think next year with all those players coming in i think they're they're gonna definitely be um smokies for playoffs again yeah hopefully hopefully you know they've they've had a lean couple of years and they're a proud club so Hopefully these this recruitment drive starts starts um get bearing some fruit for them. Definitely. And next up on the news is more signing rumors. Um Adam Reynolds is set to sign a three year deal with two point four million dollars to join the Sharks. Um new coach at the Sharks, Craig Fitzgibbons, actually already met Reynolds about I think they said less than forty eight hours ago and really wants it done. Um really wants a deal already done he's apparently already spoken with sean johnson about um if he stays he thinks him and reynolds can be quite a formidable halves pairing so he's already talking like reynolds assigned um i don't see why he wouldn't he's been saying he wants a long-term deal the rabbitos still don't want to give him one so um this sounds like a great deal for him especially at his age now um a three-year deal um for 2.4 million dollars um it's something i wouldn't say no to no, no, you wouldn't, would you? Um, he's. I think he'll be good for their team, and I think for the Sharks in an ideal world, they would retain Johnson, and, and in my opinion, that pairing of Reynolds and Johnson would be pretty deadly. Um, you know, the, the organiser, goal kicker, uh, can hit field goals from halfway, and then you're Johnson to take his traditional running running half role. I think that would be pretty deadly. Um Matt, don't know what that would mean for Matt Moylan, those kind of guys. Um, but, yeah, I think if, it, if the Sharks do confirm that signing, it would be a good one for them. Definitely. And um, I saw it in the in the chat already, but um, the NRL spoke um, again. We spoke about it a few weeks ago, but the NRL is still floating the idea of splitting the competition into two conferences with 18 teams. Um, with the idea that it will build rivalries within those conferences and then increase viewership and ground attendance um, for the games. I've got the list that they gave. They got um, one conference is going to be built on local Sydney rivalries, combining the Roosters, Rabbitohs, Eels, Bulldogs, Tigers, Panthers, Dragons, Sharks and Sea Eagles into one conference, with the other conference being everyone else. So um, the Broncos, the Titans, Cowboys, Storm, Warriors, Knights, Raiders, and then the new Brisbane team when they come in around 2023, and then a second New Zealand team in um, the years following that. So um, 
I'll let you start. What are your thoughts on it? This is just my personal opinion, but I'm I'm not a big fan of it for rugby league. Um, I kind of like, you know, when I watch the Warriors, I kind of like seeing them gauge themselves against every team. Um, I think for, for me, it kind of works in American sports with your basketballs, but we've seen it with, oh, well, in Super Rugby, and I, I think, well, I wasn't a big fan of it there, and I think, yeah, it it'll have its pros and cons on both sides of the fence, but personally, I I would rather it stay status quo. Yeah, see, um, as a big follower of American football, um. I'm used to the conference scenario. Admittedly, they have 32 teams, so um, they can do it a bit easier. Um, as um, as we're going um, there, I think they haven't really explained how it would go. Like, I still think you'd see interconference play. So I think you would have you'd mostly like the Warriors would mostly play these Queensland and um, Canberra Melbourne teams. Um, but you'd still have the odd game where you went to Sydney and played, but sure. they haven't told us that. Well, what what I read was that you play everyone in your own your own conference twice and play one in the other conference once. I think it was kind of the idea. Yeah. Cool. Um, but it then also sounded that they were like they were going towards you, your playoffs. Then would be in each conference, and then you'd have like a Super Bowl, non yeah. non Sydney versus Sydney um, as the final. Um, as well, so you'd end up yeah. with they, they were saying you end up with three finals two the, the Sydney final, the non Sydney final, and then the Sydney versus non Sydney as the big final was the idea. That's just because the NRL scared that play. They're like teams like the Titans and the Warriors and Melbourne are just going to dominate in the next few years and they won't have any Sydney team in the final. That, this is the only reason they're doing it. It's a conspiracy. We're, we've said it here live. <laughs> Now, as, as you say, I think, uh, as you say, the, the, the next New Zealand franchise will be South Island. So it'd be, well, hey, Christchurch has got a history of, uh, of, of winning everything. So it'd be, clearly it would be them. <laughs> they, they'd get, a, they'd get a, uh, a pendant before the next Warriors one, maybe. <laughs> That's a sore topic, that and, one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I see Jordan's mentioned, yeah, a bit unfair on non-Sydney teams with travelling costs. Yeah, that's um, a thing. You're going to have um, the Sydney guys basically walking to each other's grounds, and then like the Warriors traveling to Australia all the time, and then everyone going to Canberra. Um, that there's there's a probably there's a lot of groundwork, as they say. It's probably not for a couple of years, um, so there there'll be a lot more answers coming. Um, but yeah, there, there'll be definitely be a lot of questions. I know Andrew Abdo's already approached some of the clubs with this idea. Uh, I'm not sure if he's included the Warriors in that. They, they generally forget about the Warriors when it comes to this type of thing. So um, I'm not too sure. But, yeah, travel costs, um, it might end up being a point where those other teams are like, we're not paying for the travel, so the NRL will have to front the bill, and that might sink the whole thing. We don't know. Um, will be interesting. Um, I'll, I'll keep my ear to the ground and hopefully get some um, more information as the weeks unfold. Um but yeah, we may as well crack straight into the round seven review, Richie. Um, yeah, cool. So Thursday night, we had the Panthers defeating the Knights 24 to 6. Um, despite the score margin, I thought it was actually quite a good game and it was pretty tight. It was just um, the Knights couldn't keep the Panthers 
contained for the whole 80 and it was kind of like the last 20 where the Panthers kind of stretched their legs a bit. Um, and yeah, the Knights had plenty of chances. They just lacked um, some fifth tackle options, which um, with Blake Green there, that's kind of a complaint he's had at many clubs. So um, yeah, not not a great night for the Knights, but I think they might have built a little bit of confidence. Um, it wasn't like they had a cricket score on them. Um, like so many teams have had against the Panthers. Yeah, well, it was. You're right. It was competitive for for the majority of that match, and I think the the Knights played a good sort of spoiler sort of game. Um, looking at the stats, I um, I think the Knights had something like a half dozen set restarts on first tackle, so they were obviously trying to get in there and slow the Panthers' um, flow down and and. For the most part, they did that, but um, the Panthers overcame it like they like they so often have in the past couple of years. They found a way, and um, Dylan, Ed- Dylan Edwards had a big day. He ran for about 269 metres and got a try, which sort of broke broke the camel's back for the Knights. But, yeah, it's, it, I, it's the way I, I tipped it, but the Knights sort of um, kept it close for clo- a lot closer than I thought they would for a lot of that. Yeah, I think with the Panthers, it's just um, they've got like everything you need. They've got a, a big forward pack that just dominates um, the uh, opposition. Um, and then they've got a back line with attacking threats everywhere. Um, yeah, Dylan Edwards was great coming back from injury. And um, their, their halves aren't too bad either. So, oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, I, I don't think they're going to go the whole season undefeated. Um, but it could be a while before we see their first loss. Um, I'm still umming and ahhing on how close or how far away that loss could be, but um, I think there, there's definitely chinks in the armour. Um, you're just going to need the right team on the right day, and I think they'll they'll get it, but um, you've got rocks in your head if you don't think the Panthers are going deep into playoffs. 100%. They'll go deep. Um, they just look a very complete team. And hopefully the Warriors is the, is the team that gives them that first loss. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, first game on Friday, we had the Rabbitohs come from behind to beat the Titans 40-30. to 30. Um, For me, um, when I was looking into this game, I thought it was the cliche game of two halves. Like, um, we'll talk about the first half first, obviously. Um, that was the David Fafita show. He um, kind of made a mockery of the NRL with what he did in that um, first half. He... Um, scored a hat trick some of those tries two two out of his three tries i'd say his first two he should never have scored there's no way he should have been allowed to do what he did but he just manhandled um the rabbitos and made them look silly um and then yeah the second half was all about benji marshall um who like you said little mr marty mcfly you went back in time and um he was playing probably his best game of football since 2018 if i'm honest um and kind of makes them missing the trail for like the next month. Not that bad when you've got a guy like that that can step in. Um, yeah, great game. I I thought it was probably my one of my more favourite games of the round. Yeah, same here. It was a fantastic game. Uh, pretty spot on with your analysis there. First half, Fafita looked well, shades of Jonah Lomu almost. Um, he was running over through around <laughs> um absolute beast mode and then somehow after the break they come out and the titans 
have far less ball and, and just look at and the Rabbitohs look a different side and, and Benji did what he did and it was awesome to watch. You know, he was he sort of had his hand in everything and, and um making making breaks, setting up breaks, uh supporting inside for tries, setting up tries. It was um quintessential Benji Marshall performance. Yeah, we even got the old flip pass out there as well. Um, yeah. which is great to see. Um, I know there was a bit of criticism thrown for Feeder's way after the game because of how um, quiet he was in that second half. But in his position, if your team doesn't have the ball, there isn't a lot you can do. Um, it wasn't like he was out there missing tackles or anything like that. Um, but yeah, he, he's best with the ball in hand and they just were starved of the ball because the Rapidos were too good. Um I think the Titans will be kicking themselves here, letting this game go. Um, but it just shows that regardless of your lead against quality sides, you can't let your guard down. Yeah, and, um, especially with the, the Rabbitohs. Yeah, the Rabbitohs, they um, they were lucky. Um, they they could have been into an embarrassing loss, but um, when push comes to shove, they just know how to get the job done when it counts. Exactly right, mate. They, uh, again, proved their credentials. You know, they... Not a very good first half, but still find a way. So that's a hallmark of a great side. Definitely. Uh, the next game on Friday was the Eels um, wiping the floor with the Broncos 46-6. to Pretty much not much to say about this match. I, I was quite impressed with how the Broncos were last week and thought I they might have turned a corner, they might have done something, and then this happens. Um I just don't know what to say about how bad this team is. Um, they were woeful, and I don't know if Kevin Walters is going to survive this season, not in a getting fired situation, but he's a very emotional um, coach. And I don't know. We saw it a bit here with the Warriors with Bluey McLennan. Um, they're very similar in their coaching style, and um, you can that emotional kind of way – if the players don't buy in, it just doesn't work. And I think that might be why we're seeing them letting guys like Dead and that go. Maybe he's decided he wants to clear everyone out, get new people in, and just rebuild, um, which is probably something Broncos fans never want to hear about their team is that they're rebuilding. But um, got to call a spade a spade. That's what they need right now. Yeah, I I guess you could argue that that is what they need. Um they've still got some good pieces of the puzzle there with like your Payne Haas and, and guys like that. But yeah, it's alarming for them. The rate they're losing players um, in the past, the Broncos has always been a, a really desirable place for players to, to want to go to, but um, it's not look, not looking that way at the moment. And, and in this game, I was sort of more disappointed with the Broncos than I was impressed with the Eels. It felt like the Eels weren't exactly, you know, uh, wasn't a 10 out of 10 performance for them, and they still nearly put 50 on them. So it says a lot about how the yeah. uh, the heart the Broncos put in, you know? Yeah, I think, yeah, the Eels, um, they didn't need to come out at 100% to get the job done. Um, and they they did. They, they looked patchy at times, um, but they were just too good. Um, Mike Ocevo, um obviously listens to the show because when I called out big wingers not having a place in the game anymore and that, you never hear Sivo's name anymore. Um, he decided to have probably his best showing in in, in weeks um, with quite a dominant um, performance on the sidelines there. So um, 
yeah, I'll eat my humble pie. See, Sivo, he makes the cut. He, he did all right. Um, but, yeah, I think for the Panthers, um, it was patchy, but they look more and more a dangerous side. And uh, I think they're kind of joining the Panthers and the Storm as teams that are just at another level from the rest. Yeah, it is It is a bit that way, uh, cream rising to the top. You sort of look at that top four or five, and um, you think most of those are going to be there at the end as well. Definitely. Um, and then we only had two games on the on the Saturday. Um, we had the um, the Bulldogs getting their first win of the year, defeating the Sharks 18-12. Um, it was, yeah, the first upset of the round um, and the first win for the Bulldogs. Um, I didn't pick them the win, but they had me on the edge of my seat cheering them on. At the same time, I didn't want to lose my pick. But um, I think it was... It, you could see the emotion on sidelines from Trent Barrett um, about how much the win meant. And um, I just wanted, yeah, I didn't want us to have to keep talking about um, what was going to happen first, a Bulldogs win or a Panthers loss. So, um, yeah, it's good to see them come out. Um, it wasn't a great game. I, I think no. the Bulldogs the Bulldogs did enough in that first half um, and then basically just held on, hoping that the Sharks wouldn't come back. The Sharks... They had six tries disallowed in this game. So um, luck really wasn't on their side. I think they were a bit hard done by on some of them. Um, but, yeah, it's just good to see the Bulldogs. Um, I think they would have grown in confidence and um, they might get a few more wins under their belt this year. But I, I don't think they'll have anyone really quaking and shaking in their boots. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, Brad, um, about the Sharks um bombing a few tries i think i think most other nights they would they would have got the dogs there and then it, I, did, I just don't think it was meant to be for them that night i think they yeah. had i think harati on the wing um had three or uh, i oh. think three disallowed on his own <laughs> and he finally yeah, got over for did. one but yeah they um everything sort of that could have gone wrong for the sharks did so many bomb tries and sin binning what were your thoughts on the sin burning, Brad, with, with Talakai coming in with the big shot? Um, there was a lot of arguments in my house, um, I'll admit, because I thought it was okay. Um, admittedly, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a former prop, so I generally give them the benefit of the doubt. But I thought, I didn't think he went for the head. I think it was more um, the head came down after the impact and landed on his shoulder. Um, and there, there was a lackluster effort to wrap the arm, but I feel like there was still a bit. Um, I think he, he's looking at six weeks. I think that's a bit, a bit much, but um, I was happy that for a penalty um, and a, even a simbining and maybe a couple of weeks if you had to, but I don't know. I, I'm biased as a as a former prop, so I think it was fair play. Yeah, it was it was close, wasn't it? He wasn't far off. It was just again, it's one of those things. It's a fast game now, and he he's gone in for the big shot, and you know maybe a bit of a shoulder kind of clipped up around the the um, collarbone chin area, and that was enough for them to look at it and and justify sending him in their eyes. Yeah, it's it's a decision that. Um, if it was a worry and the same thing happened and what happened to him happened, I wouldn't be like completely 
going off saying this was the the worst call in the history i i can see both sides i'm just yeah, yeah. um just an old thug i guess um <laughs> Um, I see Nigel's commented as well that SK got a bit of flack for his after-game comments. I don't even recall what the comments were. Um, I know he got a bit of flack um, for not being the Sean Johnson of old in his first game back, but um, I thought he played all right for a guy that snapped his Achilles and then was expected to come out and, and play 80 minutes um, almost. Um, but, yeah, I don't recall what his comments were. Um, I know he hasn't been very happy. Um, at the Sharks with the the axing of John Morris um, and, and that. But, yeah, if, if you can comment what his actual comments were, um, I can give you a bit more input. Um, but while we're waiting for that, um, we may as well go on to the, the second Saturday game and we may as well call um, it Upset Saturday because it was another one with um, the Cowboys defeating the Raiders 26-24. Um, I think the Raiders played pretty good in the first half. They um, they kind of looked like they were on the way to a quite a quite a decent victory, but whatever Ricky said in the sheds at halftime didn't work because they didn't come out after that. And um, the Cowboys, while they weren't as good, they took their chances when they had them and um, got themselves their third win in a row, um, just in time for Jason Tamalolo to come back and for them to play the Warriors. So it's great to see um, some form coming in um it always seems to be the way so um for the raiders though i don't know what they're doing um they're they're resting a lot of players this week um i think we can put quotes around that i think it's a nicer way of saying dropping so um yeah i I think a a few of their senior players like papali'i and um and that's I, I see. So Nigel said, um, how happy he was getting out there and playing and not showing any emotion on the loss. Yeah, I can see how that might rub some people the wrong way, but um, he snapped his Achilles. And, um, you know, I think just being out for as long as he was, just getting back out on the field regardless, um, I think um, he was always going to be happy. You could say the same about Reese Walsh. Reese Walsh was over the moon. And never been happier after getting like almost 50 points put on him by the storm because it was his debut mm. and it was a dream of his. So um it's yeah, if if it was him being happy after playing a couple of rounds and they didn't play well, I, I could take it. But I can just see him being excited to be back out on the footy pitch. Yeah, look, that's an extremely tough injury to come back from, too. That's a bad injury. Um so I can see where he's coming from there, and, and I don't I, I wasn't sort of expecting him to come out and be Superman from first game out. You know what I mean? Like he's still got to find his feet and get match fitness. It's it's tough to expect him to to be the best version of himself after after that long layoff. Yeah, and I think um, this week when they get smashed by the storm, I don't think you'll see him not showing emotion. I, I think he'll be upset then. So it, everything will balance out. But um, back to the Raiders, yeah. I'm not sure what they're doing wrong, what they need to do. Um, you got any ideas that we can send Ricky to help him out? <laughs> I don't have any ideas, but some views anyway. I think they're missing CNK quite a lot, and he brings a lot to their team, um, both in attack on and defense. Um, so, so I think they're missing him a lot. And I think they were... Would have been pretty close to winning this game. 
the, the uh, Cowboys just sort of weathered the storm that the Raiders put on the first half. And um, then they scored right on half time, which I think was the big turning point. And, and after half time, they, they scored again and then built on some momentum and, and, you just saw the tide turn, and then I think you know the fact that the Raiders have had a couple of lean weeks. Maybe the pressure got to them a bit. Yeah, and I think um, he he's been getting a lot of grief, but I think the Cowboys are starting to buy into Todd Payton's straight shooting ways, and um, I think at the same time they also got guys like Valentine Holmes starting to get um, into some form. Um, mm finally letting him play fullback like he wanted to. Um, he's starting to kick into gear. And uh, if they keep going like this, they could be dark horses for playoffs. Um, it's not it's not out of the, the realm of possibility. Um, hopefully that will start after this week. Um, but, um, yeah, I think I think they are building there. And I think next year when they've got those guys coming in, I think they're, they're going to be right up there and um, people will be singing Peyton's praises before we know it. Yeah, it's just nice to see them sort of string a few wins together. You know, um, uh, I, I like Todd Payton, and, and from his time here, I, I was a fan of his as a coach. So I knew if the players bought in that they that they would get some results. So, you know, maybe that's just them sort of, like you said, Brad, buying into his philosophies, and, and now they're sort of turning a corner. Well, I don't know about turning the corner completely, but they're staying in the fight and, and jagging some results. Yeah, definitely. And then um, we had a big, a big day on Anzac Day. We had three games, and the first one was the the Sea Eagles wiping the floor with the Tigers, forty six. Um, just the Tigers got the first try, and made it look um, like it was going to be a tight tussle. And then Tommy Turbo um, remembered he was actually playing a game, and just ripped them to shreds, um, setting up three tries in five minutes in the first half, and. Um, it was just all one-way traffic in the second half with Manly just having a field day. Um, he, he just adds so much to the side. It's kind of hard to believe a few weeks ago that this was the worst team in the comp. And now they've gone out. Admittedly, this game was against the Tigers, but last week, what they did to the Titans um, as well, I think if he can stay healthy, if Tommy Turbo can stay healthy, um, a return to the finals isn't out of um, is, is not that silly. Um, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, I think the key is that he does stay healthy and also if Cherry Evans stays healthy, he's normally pretty durable. But um, with Tommy Turbo there, even Cherry Evans looks like a different guy. I mean, I think, you know, he not only does he obviously bring his tools to the table, but he makes everyone else around him better as well. Um the result, maybe you take it with a slight pinch of salt because the Tigers are looking pretty lowly and, and you know, there's there's some stuff going on behind the scenes there. Um, this week will be interesting for the Sea Eagles coming up against the strong side, so that'll be a true gauge. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah, the Tigers, um, they've shown this year that they can take some good sides to the limit. They just need to get back to that form and just take it up a notch so you can instead of taking the team to the limit you actually take them to the limit and win um if, if they can do that some wins will come but they're not a top eight um team and um yeah they have issues everywhere which i'm sure we'll be able to discuss in the upcoming weeks 
Um, the second game on uh, Sunday is the uh, the traditional Anzac game um, with the Roosters defeating the the Dragons thirty four to ten. Thought this one was quite a good match for the most part. Um, the the Roosters lost James Tedesco six minutes into the game, which um, was a bit of a worry um, for I'm sure many people with fantasy teams and for Roosters fans because um, he's such an important player, but. Joseph Manu stepped into fullback and um, played really well. And the Roosters obviously listened to the show um, like Sevo does because they protected their halves, like I said they need to do last week. And um, letting those young halves, um, giving them a little bit of time to do stuff, they just um, – Sam Walker had another game um, that he can really be proud of. And um, Roosters, they're still going to be a playoffs team now. Um, and Dragons, then I they won't make the eight, but they're doing a lot better than the wooden spoon I gave them. You don't think they're making the eight? The the Dragons, yeah, no, Dragons won't. Dragons won't make the eight. Yeah, it was um, yeah, the Roosters once they, you know, once they got going, they headed over the Dragons here. Um, interesting things happening in this game. Some. You know, some high shots and, like you say, Tedesco going off. What do you make of the hit on Tedesco? Because for, for mine, it almost looks like he's kind of falling and almost almost down on his knees when he gets hit. And and Pereira um, was sort of committed to hitting that chest level and then Tedesco drops. Yeah, I. it's going to make me sound like a real barbarian. But... Um, <laughs> Um, I think it was a combination of everything. It was a swinging arm. Um, Tedesco was coming down low. I think a penalty was fine. Um, I think I would have been more than happy to not see him be simbined for it. Um, but yeah, I can see both sides of the argument. It didn't look good. Um, James Tedesco's in my fantasy team, so I wasn't happy. Um, so I can see both sides of it, yeah. But um, the fact that the refs didn't even pick it up, and they had to go, um, they had to go back and look at it in the replays. So um, the refs, if you'd seen it straight away live and it was bad, they would have called it straight away. Um, I know it was kind of behind the play, but mm. yeah, okay. I, I'm not let sure. me put this one. Let me put this one to you. What about the Angus Crichton one then? Angus Crider, I thought that was a good tackle, but then I said Talakai's one was good as well. So, um, but with how they've ruled on everything, um, Crichton should have been punished as well with how they've that, ruled the other game, like once. Yeah, that's that's all I'm thinking for consistency. You know, um, the Talakai, like we were saying earlier, the Talakai and, and – and Crichton hit, while whilst not identical, pretty similar. And in and the speed of the game, it's it's not a lot different in those. And and one guy is facing over a month on the sideline, and one guy, nothing. It's, it's strange. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And yeah. I saw the comment, Nigel. Uh. Cheers. Cheers for the love there. Um. Thanks, we'll get into. I know Paul's giving us a bit of stick for how long we're rambling here. Um, we we may as well get into the last game of the round. This is probably the point. As long as you like. This one would probably be the game that takes up the most time. So it's great that it's the very last one. But it's um, the Storm defeating the Warriors forty to twenty. Um, 
we both picked the Storm before the game, um, before we knew that Tohu Harris wasn't going to be there and David Fusatua. Um, they had uh, they roughly had nine of their top guys that you would want playing missing, so it was always going to be a tough ask. And I thought the match was really tight until Josh Curran's um, simbining, which we've already talked about it. It was a ridiculous call at the time. Um, it kind of swung the momentum. I'm not in the camp of saying that that's what cost the Warriors the game because that was 10 minutes into the game. And, yes, the, the Storm scored a lot of tries, but when they had everyone back, um, they were still having, hitting that same channel and having, getting um, through quite easily. So I think it was just um, it was just a rough night. Um I didn't. I was disappointed in the game, but I think I think as we talked during the game, we were quite upset with um, how the game was going. But seeing seeing Rocco Berry and seeing Reese Walsh actually out there and doing their thing, it, it left me confident for the future. Um, Reese, I I don't I don't like the idea of having Roger sitting on a wing. Um, I I don't think that. It, it kind of weakens the worries. You've got an inexperienced guy at fullback and you've got one of your best players kind of out on the fringes. Um, so in my review of the show um, on my website, I said that I wanted to see Walsh come into six and get Roger at fullback for this week. That's what's actually happened. I said to drop Cody um, and let Sean O'Sullivan play. That part didn't happen. But um, I think I know Walsh is going to be the fullback next year, but by letting him play six where he's been playing this year in reserve grade and let Roger, who's the best fullback we have out there, it kind of strengthens us as a team instead of weakening us in one aspect. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. The way Nathan Brown picks these sides, it'll be probably completely different um, an hour before kickoff anyway. Yep. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, what were your thoughts on the two young guys and the game in general? Yeah, sure. So I'll start on the debutants first and I'll work back. Um, yeah, but Rocco Berry was solid. I I think Walsh is potentially going to be one of my new favourite players. For You know, he, he didn't do everything perfect, but he's a young he's a young guy, so you can expect that on debut. But, um, boy, when he was shining, he was shining bright and he was laying on tries and, and cut out balls, um, early in the tackle count grubber to Mamalo to get a try. Um, the confidence he showed for his first game at that age was something special. Um, and he reminds me, maybe it's a little bit the headgear, I don't know, but he kind of reminds me of a ponga, you know? Um, and for us to nab somebody like that, yeah, definitely has me excited for going forward. I think he'll be a, a big, big star. Hopefully we can keep him. But uh, <laughs> going back to the Josh Curran thing, that that was I don't that was really bad. I don't know how the bunker could look at that and and then not see what everyone else is seeing that it's a head clash and then and then advise the ref to to send him to the bin. That's just ridiculous in my books. But hey, I don't think that like you, I don't think that would have got us over the line had that not happened. I think the storm. I think they only scored one try while he was off. Um, yeah. And they were looking dangerous throughout the game, really. Um, it wasn't until they were sort of already ahead by enough that that we sort of, you know, started. I, I was encouraged that we hung in there and still showed some heart and got some tries towards the end. But, 
yeah, I think the Storm just still look like a, con- a contender for the title and they could go very close uh, and we just had too many injuries. Yeah, and I know another thing a lot of people um, outside of Warriors fans and actual um, like pundits in Australia were actually impressed by the Warriors' attack, saying like, um, they're the first team this year to put 20 points on the Storm. Um, you know, um, the Storm have lost, but they've been losing. They, they lost um, 16-12 to Parramatta in round two um, and things like that. And like the biggest score before this one was um, the Rabbitohs putting 18 on them. So the fact that they can put that many points on the Storm um, who have got such good defence is a promising side. It's just the fact that they let in 40 points on the other end that's the big concern. Um, and yeah, like Nigel said, you can't get a better christening than against Melbourne and Melbourne. I know there were a few fans that were upset with Nathan Brown's comments because he was asked why did he debut them. And he basically said with everyone down um coming to melbourne was always going to be hard so why not give them a go um kind of making it sound like we're not going to win this so let's just throw them out there but that's the attitude i had it was like worst case scenario you're going to lose the storm um but you're going to have some kids out there um that get some experience and why not give them a go against the best team really let them know what nrl's football is like because imagine if they they come out and we're playing the bulldogs and they go out and have a great day, and then like the next week you're playing the Panthers, and it's a rude wake-up call. So I don't mind it. And to be honest, they have no one else. Um, mm. We were looking at the roster trying to say, well, if those two didn't play, which players would slot in? And you you could have made filled gaps, but you would have had more forwards in the backs again. Um, so, yeah, why not? Why not give them a go? Yeah, and I think if you know if you've got it, you've got it, and and it just showed, like Nigel said, against Melbourne and Melbourne, that's one of the toughest benchmarks you can have. And what did you think, Brad? He didn't look out of place, did he? he look, he looked pretty special. Reese uh, Walsh, Reece Walsh. Yeah, yeah, why not, Captain? <laughs> captain. <laughs> um, no, I I had him. Um, I had him in there, and like I said in my my review, I want him in the 17 for the rest of the year. Um, I think even when you get the guys like Aitken, Peter Hicku and all that back, and that back line starts to fill up again, Chanel's back, and maybe they want to go back to Chanel and Cody, um, then you throw him on your bench as a utility. Um, He just offers a spark that the Warriors need. Yeah. and, yeah, if, if they're going to be relying on him to be the fullback next year, I think the more minutes you can get him this year on the park, doing those different things, practicing his game, um, the better it's going to be for the Warriors' um, future. So, um, yeah, let him play as much as he can, and um, fingers crossed he doesn't join the casualty ward. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I suppose before we go, we should actually talk about the team that won. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think Melbourne played really well. Jerome Hughes um, was a monster there. Um, mm. He just saw a weakness in the Warriors' edge and just targeted it all night. Um, you didn't even notice that Pappenhausen wasn't there. It's probably just as well. There, you could probably add another two or three tries to the tally if he was out there. But um, they're just another good side. Um, mm. I think Hines was good. All you need to say. Nico Hines was good in Pappenhausen's place. You know, I mean. Sure, you lose one of the premier game breakers in, in the league, but 
he's he's not a bad replacement. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's our, our round seven um, picks in like a our review in like an hour. So <laughs> um, we had the same picks. We had the same picks this week. So we both got six out of eight. We got the upsets on Saturday wrong. Um, so that leaves us with a total. I got 37 out of 56, and you're still ahead, 38-56. So um, we're not in the conversation of great pickers this year, but um, we're, we're holding our own. We're still above 50%, so that's all right. Um, and we've got the ladder here. So um, we've got Penrith, still number one, being the only undefeated team. Parramatta, South, and Melbourne um, of cementing that top four. To be honest, that's probably what the top four is going to be at the end of the season. Um, I'm not sure what order, but I'm pretty confident that those four teams will probably stay where they are. Um, the Roosters and the Dragons are fifth and sixth. Titans are seventh. And Canberra are squeaked up to eight because of points differential because of how many points the Warriors let in. Um, I think fifth to six is kind of anyone's game. I think um, from the Roosters basically going all the way down to... 13th with Cronulla, I think any of those teams have a shot of making the eight, um, depending how they go. I think the Tigers, Broncos, and um, Bulldogs in 14th, 15th, 16th are the only teams that don't have a chance. Yeah, um, write, write, the, write them off. Yeah, um, it will still be a while before we can kind of see which teams are going to fill in that eight. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's still good that I know we're only early into the season. Um but I think it's good that you actually have quite a big log jam for those bottom eight sides as opposed to years past where you kind of had six or seven teams um, that you knew would be there. Um, so, yeah, interesting times. And um, hopefully we see, though, that little Warriors logo move to the left column. Um, Absolutely. In the next few weeks. Um, so before we go into our, our preview, did we have any questions from everyone? Um before we ask some hard-hitting questions of ourselves? Um, no, we had a, a, a um, an interesting one from um, Simon, who uh, was sent an interesting article uh, in the Herald about um, Spark Sports interested in a winter football code. Um, do you reckon they're targeting the NRL, or will it be uh, will the A-League or, or uh, Super Rugby? Super Rugby they're not going to get, let's be honest. But um, could could the uh, could Spark Sport be the new home of NRL? It's possible. I don't know if um, Sky will want to let that one go um, after losing cricket. Um, but they might just decide that having all the rugby coverage will be enough. Um, I know Sky Sport would probably get lost in my household if they lose the NRL. It's basically the only reason I have it. Um, but yeah, I it'd be a great move for Spark if they really want to try to take that market because the NRL is um, is looking. It, it is a, a competition that a lot of people do watch in this country, especially when you include that that includes Origin and internationals and things like that. Um, Origin's always a, a big one that everyone seems to watch. So, be silly not to. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go to Spark. Um, they're not a sponsor of the Warriors, so um, <laughs> the Vodafone won't be a sponsor of the Warriors for much longer. Um, <laughs> That's true, Richie. Yeah, well, I'd I'd follow wherever the NRL went. 
<laughs> if, if, if Spark Sports got them, I'd, I'd be paying for a subscription. Um, so, yeah, not too sure. But either way, either way, I'd be I'd be watching one way or another. You're talking about the earlier, but so would you bring SJ home or would you pass on that one? Brad? <laughs> um, I could take him or leave him. I wouldn't say no. Um, if if the Warriors signed him, I, I wouldn't be upset. Um, but I think that ship sailed. I think there's still, as much as both sides seem to have moved on from it, I think there's still a bit of bad blood there. Um, they might not say it out loud in public, but... I think there's still bad blood there. And I think if the current management is still at the Warriors, you won't see Johnson there. Okay. Yeah. There you go, Willie's not, yeah. not a fan of Spark Sport. But, uh, um, yeah, all spot, I, to yeah. be honest, all I've heard about it is that it never bloody works. So <laughs> I don't know. But if, yeah, but if, um, if Spark Sport does want to take over the NRL and they, and they need a weekly uh, NRL review show, then hey, come have a chat. Yeah. We, can, we, 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 we can do a deal. Yeah, I, I'm 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 open to working anywhere. So, um, the, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not probably a manager. Like, if I'm not producing the show, it just doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, uh, Jordan Clark says the pros and cons of the Warriors having the Moana Pacifica based in South Auckland and playing their home games at Mount Smart. Do you do you see any impact there or uh, to to the uh, to the Warriors? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, It'd be either it would be great to have some more footy at, at Mount Smart. Um, it's just we've seen it, we see it in Australia where you have um rugby teams playing one night and then the next night the NRL are there. So I, I think it'll be fine. Um, Mount Smart's kind of a, a rundown old stadium though, so the, the I'm not sure how great the, the grounds will stick up, but um, they'll probably have it, they'll probably try to work it. So it's when the Warriors are in Oz, they're playing here. I'm not sure. I can't believe you just said that about Mount Smart, Brad. <laughs> you haven't been. We haven't been there for a while. We don't know what's happened. Um, I mean, the, 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 the temple that is that, that is that is yeah. Mount Smart. I mean, it's not it's not a stadium. It's it's a place of homage. <laughs> I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's just you know it, it's it's not the the youngest um, girl out there, um, but. But yeah, um, I, I think it'd be fine, and um, I think the more the more things they can get at Mount Smart, the more chances you have that Mount Smart will stay. Because every every couple of years we're hearing that the Auckland Council want to burn it to the ground and and put a polo thing there or whatever they decided for the week. <laughs> um, so um, the more more stuff they can get there, um, the more likely the council will will leave it as is. Because I. I don't want to see the Warriors have to end up playing at Eden Park. Um, I'll say it live and I'll say it till the day I die. I just don't like that stadium. Don't like it at all. I don't like going there. I don't like traveling there. I don't like watching games there. I, I hate it. Um, so <laughs> please, I would please, rather please, them um, stay on. Don't don't stay on the fence. We we we, we need to know your real yeah, opinion. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I would rather them move the Warriors to to Wellington than go to Eden Park. Wow, um, that's how it, I just hate that stadium. Where we could sit here all night talking about stories of our cars being towed, um, being stuck <laughs> on <true>. trains, <laughs> being stuck on trains till half time. Um, all sorts. Oh, I, I've left. 
It's horrible. You need to, you need to know. It. You need to know where to. You need to have a little parking spot. I, I have no. I have no problems ever parking at uh, for um, Freedom Park, but that's. Uh, I've got my own secret spot uh, that uh, that looks like a bus lane, but it isn't. Uh, so they. Uh, uh, what, you, so what we're going to do is get Wait. down there and paint it like a, like a bus lane. Then no one else parks yeah. there. You find it illegal. It's good. Um, uh, the um, and uh, Nigel says, "I oh, sorry, Richard, I didn't get your opinion on that one. Any any extra thoughts on uh, on the Moana? I don't think it would negatively affect the Warriors in any sort of way. Um, you know, I think both markets will be supported well. Um, yeah, I don't hate Eden Park as much as Brad, but yeah, <laughs> I, if you ask me, I'm super biased, and I'll always have a soft spot for Mount Smart and the Warriors playing there. Cool." Um, and um, when are we looking at a home game, if it, if any, this year for the Warriors? And I think by home game, it's actually in New Zealand rather than a home game in Australia. Um, second of July. That that's they haven't changed from that. That was their target. That they were, I think that's why I was looking at the calendar. That's um, against the Dragons. Um, yeah, and then I think. The two weeks after that, the 18th of July is the Warriors versus Panthers. So I think they're really targeting to make sure that's here to have like the best team in the comp right now coming over. Um, it's always pending um, what happens with um, our lovely virus that's going around. Um, but yeah, that is the target. I think they've um, they've kind of floated the idea that from that day on, they're not playing every home game at Mount Smart. They've kind of picked like four or five um, that they want to have for them for this year um, before having everything back next year. But yeah, 2nd of July. So if you don't have tickets when they come available, grab them because I reckon it'll be a sellout. There you go. And that's it from the uh, from the live chat, guys. All good. So um, we... We're pushing late for time, but we don't have a show um, coming on after us, so we can spread a bit. So you may as well ask your question, Richie, that you had written yeah, for me. Sure. I wanted to talk talk some Tigers with you, mate. So on the back of a pretty poor start this year and also a decade of no finals footy, there's been rumours that the Tigers are going to be holding crisis meetings and discussing uh, coaching and if, if Madge Maguire is the right man for their head coach role. Do you think he's the right man? Uh, what would you do? I um, I actually listened to a great podcast today with guys that used to um, be coaches of lower grades for the Tigers, and they said that um, you could have Wayne Bennett come in there and it's not going to fix the problem because it's um, the management that are the problem. Yeah. Yeah. They um, they were saying that they had all these great players. Um, they, drew, they did a whole lot of lists. A, a lot of these guys are playing – all over the NRL now and they had them in there like under 18s and stuff. And then they'd go away after the the season and then they'd come back for the next season. All those players have been let go by management um, to, because they didn't see potential in them and stuff. So they keep letting go all this young talent. And um, yeah, I think you could have the best coach on the planet, but if um, your decision makers at the board keep kicking deciding which players stay, which players go, um, you're never going to win. And the thing is, with every club right now, um, if you get rid of him, who is there to take over? Mm. Um, you you, you kind of, I think if you, if it came out that Craig Bellamy um, 
was leaving the storm and he was open to coaching elsewhere, then you could have conversations like that. Um, but then if Bellamy comes in and he doesn't get a say in who is actually in his team, um, it's not going to fix the problem. I, um, yeah, they, they need to do changes for, at the top. But if that happens, it sounds like a Mickey Mouse operation at the best of times. It sounds like every couple of years the West's um, board control it and then after that the Balmain ones do because they're a combined. So they don't actually have a combined board as such. Yeah. So um, that just doesn't even sound like it's a, a great environment to, to try to work. So um, I didn't really answer it. I don't know. I think it, I think he's a great coach. Um, I I wouldn't have minded him at the Warriors if he was available. Um, I just think, yeah, I think the problems are, are a little bit deeper. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think the problems run higher up for them. So, yeah, interesting times for them. And um, I don't think I need to really ask my question to you because my question was about Reese Walsh, and I think we kind of covered him quite a bit. So um, I think I got what I would have got out of you anyway. So, yeah, I love um, <laughs> we, yeah, we may as well get into the round eight preview um, and our picks. So um, our first game's on Thursday, um, as you see there with our nice pretty little picture. Um, we've got the Raiders versus the Rabbitohs. Um, a lot of players from the Raiders being dropped this week to try to make some changes, but I don't think it's going to be enough, so I'm going with the Rabbits. Yeah, I'll go with Rabbits too. Um, changes... Injuries, Croker's out injured. He's a big one for them. So, yeah, Rabbits. Yeah, and then uh, the first game on Friday is the Storm versus Sharks. Storm, I'm going with. I think it's... Um, easy one. Uh, too easy there. Yeah. yeah. Storm. Um, next game's probably just as easy. Um, Broncos versus Titans. I'm going with the Titans again. I think when they played last, it was quite a dominant win, and I think we'll see more of the same. Yeah, I've picked Titans as well, mate. I'm not copying you, I promise. But they, yeah, the difference between these two teams look looks pretty vast. Um, this used to be a pretty um, pretty tight rivalry, but Gold Coast have won five of the last seven. Don't see it changing. Yeah, the first um, first game on Saturday, we've got the Panthers versus Sea Eagles. Um, I'm not sure. Um, this is I, I, it's the Panthers. It's the Panthers, and they're undefeated. But I, I've just got something in the back of me that says the Eagles might do it. But I'm going to stick with the Panthers. I'll make the sensible decision. Yeah, I, this was one of the ones. Yeah, like the past couple of weeks, Sea Eagles have been fantastic. Um, this is just such a stern test for them. So we'll see where they're really at. Uh, Panthers get Uppy Coruscant back, so that's really good for them. He's he helps them a lot. Um, yep, I'll stay with Panthers. Yeah, then um, the next game on Saturday is Bulldogs versus Eels. Another kind of easy one to pick, so I've gone with the Eels. No, uh, the Bulldogs got their, their first win last week, but I don't think they can do that again against a team like the Eels. No, me neither. I think I think if the Sharks were even slightly better over the weekend, they would have got the Bulldogs as well. You know, I don't think we would have been talking about a Bulldogs win. Um Eels should be too good. Yep, definitely. Then Knights versus Roosters. Um, I've got the Roosters here. I think they're just too good for the Knights. Um, the Knights just aren't showing enough on the tech for me right now. 
Yeah, I see, I think this one might have been closer if Pierce was playing because, um, well, having Ponga back for the Knights is good, but having both of those guys there makes them a different prospect altogether. But I think the Roosters are still travelling well despite all their injuries, and I think they'll get they'll get over the Knights there. Yeah, and then first game on Sunday, we've got the Warriors versus Cowboys. Um, I've gone with the Warriors. Um, with what the team they've picked, I'm really excited to see Walsh actually play at 5A, and I think um, they'll have enough to get the Cowboys. Yep. Yeah, easy one, eh, Brad? Warriors easily. <laughs> yeah, easy win, <laughs> easy win. Um, it's uh, It could be tough. It could be tough. No, it'll be tough. Uh, I, think it, I think it will be tough. Cowboys have been in good form, um, and oh, it's tough to say. I think the Warriors might still have enough. I think they they showed me enough that the Cowboys aren't the storm. You know, I think we should be able to we should be able to break them down. Fingers crossed. I'm being yeah. hopeful. Yeah, and I think with um, RTS back at fullback, I think it helps. So yeah, yeah, Warriors for the win there, and that gives us the last game, which is the Dragons versus Tigers. So um, the like last game, the last Sunday game, not that exciting this week. Um, I think yeah, we talked about the Tigers and their struggles, so I'm going with the Dragons here. Yeah, more off the back of the Tigers being really poor at the moment. The Dragons were really good to open up the season, but there's started a slide over the past couple of weeks, but yeah, the Tigers almost beat themselves at the moment. So I'm staying dragons. Awesome. So yeah, got the same, same picks again. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks. We're going to have some actual um, like top tier teams playing against each other. So I think we, we might get to see some points go the other way. So you guys mentioned RTS at fullback, but uh Last weekend, he played one position in attack, one position on defence. Do you think he'll be, again, switched around on attack and defence, or do you think he'll actually just have that number one jersey and stay there? There is the chance that they do that, but uh, I think I think it's just too much dicking around, if I can use that, that as my phrase. Um, I think especially when you're switching with an 18-year-old, I think, the last thing you want is for your 18 year old to know, like at this time I got to do this. And then at this time I got to run over there and do that. And I think it'd be better just to let them play where they are at fullback. You can always come into the attacking line wherever you want. So he can still kind of play that roaming attacking role while still doing what he does best out the back. So I think um, keep them as they are, leave him as a fullback, but like just give him the permission to roam. He's the captain, so he can do whatever he wants. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and I think if you're going to move somebody, Walsh into the halves is, will be a better transition. I think RTS is, is primarily a fullback, and, and that's where, where he operates best. That's his bread and butter. So for me, I'd keep RTS at fullback and, and Walsh in the halves. Oh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So um, we may as well, I know we're running a bit long, apologies for anyone that has to go somewhere, but um, we may as well go into a quick rundown of the Super League as well. We didn't get a lot of time last week, but um, the round four results, we had Wigan beating Castleford 22-12. Then we had St. Helens defeating Huddersfield 18-10. Salford defeated Lee 34-8. Hull KR defeated Leeds 26-6. Hull FC defeated Wakefield Trinity 20 to 14. 
um, before Warrington defeated Catalans 24 to 8. So um, after four rounds, it's only St. Helens and Wigan that are undefeated um, and sitting at the top of the ladder. Um, Catalans losing to Warrington was a bit of a surprise to me because Catalans has kind of been one of the teams putting cricket scores on everyone. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't get to watch a lot of it, but I'm just happy that Wigan keep winning. Um, I know some people aren't a fan that watch the show of Wigan, but, um, yeah, I'm happy to see them keep winning. Um, and round five for everyone, um, Wigan versus Hull FCs this Thursday, um, followed by Wakefield Trinity versus Catalans on Friday. Lee and St. Helens are also on Friday. Um, Salford, Castleford in the round on Friday. And then the final game is on Saturday with Warrington versus Hull KR. So um, I feel like St. Helens and Wigan will be undefeated still at the end of this week as well. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll give you a rundown of those results um, next week. Um, so anything else you wanted to mention, Richie, before we go? Oh, not really, Brad. Just nice spending the evening with you again. And and hopefully next week we're talking about a nice Warriors win. Fingers crossed. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in tonight and um, joining us on the standoff with Brad and Richie. Um, for your weekly update on Rugby League, tune in to our show next week at 8pm here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. I see, Nigel. Uh, cheers, um, Nigel. Um, you'd have to talk to the boss about that. We've got a lot of shows on New Zealand Sport Radio. So um, we've got um, the Knicks boys do a, 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 fee, uh, a soccer show at 9 o'clock. So um, that's why we generally try to get off here early so we can um, get everyone in to watch some football. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, so, yeah, thank you for joining us all um, and good night. Night, team. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 